Hi, everybody. This is Lori Handlers, and you are tuned in to Tantra Cafe, a program for spiritual enlightenment. And I greet you with Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. I greet you in peace. And I want to just remind you, I love to remind you that you can always get in touch with me. You can write to me at laurie at tantracafe.com. If you have any comments about the show, if you want to know more about me or my guests, please feel free to write to me at laurie at tantra.com. Are you jealous? How can you say no? I personally have never met a soul who didn't demonstrate jealousy. Today, my guests are going to describe how to create jealousy as a tool for personal growth and how they do it, how they create jealousy is by sharing their intimate partner with someone else. Sounds amazing, right? It sounds a little crazy, right? Well, my guests today are Sasha and Janet Kira Lesson. They're a couple. Sasha has a PhD, a doctorate from UCLA, and he is the co-founder of the World Polyamory Association. He's also the co-author of a book, All Chakra Tantra, which has just been published. They were just, he was just telling me about that when I met them. And Janet Kira Lesson is a professor of tantric studies at the School of Tantra. She's the CEO of the World Polyamory Association and the World Tantra Association. She's written a number of books. Polyamory, Many Loves is one. The the Polytantric Love Style, A Personal Account. And she's also the co-author of the book I mentioned a moment ago, All Chakra Tantra. So we're going to speak with, be speaking with them and we'll find out more about what these organizations are and what they teach as we get into this interview. So Sasha and Janet, it is my pleasure to have you today on Tantra Cafe. Thank you. Thank you. Aloha. Aloha to you. So what is this jealousy as a form of personal growth? How can, I mean, jealousy is something that people are, they're so afraid of their jealousy. They're so, they've been made so wrong in life. For being jealous, and yet we 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 live in such a a competitive world where people are competing for everything as if they're totally in survival. So, how is it that you create jealousy, and then you'll use it as a honing device for personal growth? It sounds odd. Well, it's uh, based on uh, the idea of transcendence, basically that. Uh, Every part of a person has got something to contribute. And uh, when a person uh, learned to be jealous, it was in reaction to some something where it was very important for that person to protect their inner child. And so when in life jealousy comes up, that's a sure sign that, you've, that you're being emotionally uh, threatened in some way. And so then you get to examine what is involved here And how much does this apply? And the way you really deal with jealousy is first you say, am I comparing myself with someone else and putting myself down? For example, if if, uh, Janet likes uh, is is, uh, um, turning on to somebody and I say, oh, gosh, she likes him because he's richer or he's uh, more athletic or something like that, then I can immediately say, this has got nothing to do with uh, anything except how I feel about my own wealth and about my own um, health, if that's how I'm comparing myself. So right away, 
jealousy can tip you off. Oh, this is about me and myself putting myself down. So that's a really good thing to know. Uh, the, the, the big technique is then to be able to realize you feel jealous and uh, at the same time to embrace another part of every one of us, which is called the empathetic part, the compersive part is what we call it, where you can say, oh, I really like it when Janet is happy interacting with another person. I'm enjoying her joy. I'm empathizing with her pleasure. And so then when I'm centering myself, I transcend both the uh, empathy and the jealousy. I center myself and I can make a balance and an intelligent response to the situation in terms of um, how much is it, uh, are my emotions uh, being threatened? Is, am I worried about not having enough time with Janet or whatever it is? What, you know, what's the reality of, of the emotional part? And then uh, how much uh, is it important that I encourage Janet to uh, pursue her friendship and, and uh, enjoy her pleasure at having another friend? And I can make an intelligent decision about how to behave. Now, I have, a, I have to ask you a couple questions here. You're married. The two of you are married, yeah? Yes, we are. Okay. That's like, I just, I want to establish that. And also, really, Sasha, when you're talking about this, isn't it the fear that she's going to go away from you? I mean, isn't the bottom line fear that she's going to leave you because somebody else is better, brighter, ha you know, sexier, more wealthy, whatever? Isn't the fear of loss? Uh, there's, uh, if, if you're feeling a fear of loss, uh, then uh, that's something wonderful to ex explore. What we do is we say, at some level, what you fear is also what you desire, or it's an alternate path in life. And so that a mature person says, well, if she, I love her, if she uh, is going to go be happier with somebody else, I'm so happy that she can uh, find her life, and now. I can uh, uh, do whatever is next for me, and uh, uh, this is uh, uh, if the truth is that she w wishes to be elsewhere, celebrating it is the best thing I can possibly do. So that uh, when you're centered, you can embrace uh, your fears that they have some value to you. You want to explore them. We call them exploring your catastrophic worst that can happen uh, expectations because something in what you fear is also what you want. So you added such an enlightened state that you're talking about. I mean, I've tried that. I, it didn't work. So it worked a couple of times and it didn't work so good a couple of times, you know. So I, now let me, so Janet, let me ask you this. When you two got together to marry, did you both know that you were possibly going to share yourselves with some other partners? Were you, did you have an agreement about that before you even married? Yes, we, we actually met each other at the um, poly conference in 1997. So we came from that uh, mindset that, that we were looking to be in an expansive relationship. <clears throat> so we've been uh, having quite an adventure. We've been together uh, almost 13 years. So, you know, talking about the fears, uh, with, with polyamory, you can have your cake and eat it too. So you may look at your fears that your partner is going to uh, maybe shift their how they're relating with you and, and be joyous that they are getting their needs met in whatever way it is, and yet you don't have to lose connection with them in, in some fashion. It may shift, but you're still connected. So that's 
I love polyamory because I, what I realized on a personal level when I was looking at jealousy back in my first marriage, um, first of all, when I, when I got objective about it, I was turned on. The thought of my husband being with somebody else was in some uh, level a complete turn on. And so when I went into uh, what we call compersion now, which is joy at our lover's joy, and um, wait, what do you call that? I didn't get the word. What's the word that you call it? Persian. It's P C O M P E R S I O N. Compersion. It's like compassion. It's okay, compersion. Okay, got it. Big, big empathy. Empathy. It's empathy. Yes. Okay. So you were turned on by your part by your husband's possibility of being with another woman, or the fact. That he was and with he another was, woman and that turned you on. And so, of course, I had, uh, you know, some uh, fear of abandonment and hurt. And uh, but, you know, when I went through that in in kind of like a med- meditative, reflective state, I realized that part of me was turned on. What I really wanted to do was have enough time with him, make sure that my financial basis wasn't going to be undermined. So, if you cut to the underlying needs about it, within any kind of relationship, then you can look at what you fear and you can come up with alternatives and ways of being creative and create uh, a way for all of you to get your needs met. And still, you still might be jealous. Even jealousy still could rear its head, though, even when you are clear that you're not being threatened, your life isn't being threatened. Yeah, so jealousy is just an emotion. You can experience it. You can meditate on it. You can... Go hit a pillow. You can talk to your friends. You can talk to your partner about your jealousy. You can cry. It's not the end of the world. We act it out. We we really go into what what does it mean to uh, uh, fully express this? Even when we're having a loving encounter, uh, we will stop whatever uh, sensuality is going on. If somebody's feel having jealous feelings and, the, and she or he talks about it, and uh, we work on it. Where what's going on? What do you what do you uh, need to express? How would you like us to empathize with you? Um, what do you need from us now? What requests would you like to make? And it's just wonderful. It's part of being intimate that you can work through jealousy uh, with the people involved. Yeah, when I looked at my own jealousy, um, I realized that it went back to a childhood incident. I was um, five years younger than my sister and seven years younger than my brother. And they used to go off and leave me behind. And they'd say, you're too young. And that went down to my own feeling of self-worth, that somehow, because I was so young, I wasn't smart enough or, or fun enough to be with. So I used yeah. that as a therapeutic opportunity to explore what was going on with me and, uh, and create some healing behaviors for myself. Well, thank you for sharing that. that is, uh, it's, uh, it's amazing to share the, the, the root cause of the jealousy, you know, that you're, you've actually identified it and also what you might do in an intimate yeah. encounter, which turns it into kind of a session. We're going right. to just... The best thing to say is, if, if you feel jealous, you say, is there an earlier and similar thing that occurred? Right. Where, right. Uh, I felt the same way, uh, and that's usually a good way to get back. Wow, I'm feeling jealous. Does this resonate with something in my earlier experiences with other lovers or my parents or my, whatever? 
earlier similars, or even to take it to the realm of fantasy, if, if, does this evoke a past life image of something happening that I could uh, see happening uh, in, a, in a past life I might have had, or uh, reflect something in a movie or book, uh, you know, bring it to the imaginal uh, level, and work through it therapeutically, because part of uh, being polyamorous means that you, be, you, you are really working on uh, transcending. It's a path a path of uh, spiritual awakening, and by embracing these opposites within you, uh, jealousy and compersion, you transcend, you move to the next level of consciousness where you can make intelligent uh, choices about what to do in the situations that you uh, encounter in life. Well, we're going to stop here for a second. Uh, if you've just tuned in, you have tuned in to Tantra Cafe a program for spiritual enlightenment. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. My guests today are Sasha Lesson and Janet Kira Lesson, who are both founders uh, and and participators, co-authors in books on polyamory, on polyamory convention, World Polyamory Association conventions. And they've been telling us about how to use jealousy as a tool for growth. When we come back, I'm going to be asking them about how they got into this to start with and some of the distinctions between Ed and things like swinging so that people are really clear what this is about because Sasha has just distinguished this as a spiritual path. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Have you ever wished for an end to pests in and around your home, around your office? Stop paying for dangerous chemicals that can harm your children, your pets, and your clients. Today in Arizona and Florida, an environmentally responsible pest control company named Ladybug has set up shop to provide natural and organic pest control services. Ladybug can help you stop even the most persistent, nastiest bugs with green, organic products that are friendly to people and pets. In addition, there are franchise opportunities in Arizona, Florida, and throughout the USA. To learn more about Ladybug's home-friendly and earth-smart green pest control services, visit the Ladybug website at ladybugcorp.com or call us at 561-276-7600. Ladybug guarantees you another eco-friendly, pest-free day naturally. Wondering what book you should read to jumpstart your sex life and increase your happiness? Try my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy by me. Laurie Handlers. This short, easy-to-read book will make you laugh at yourself, and it may possibly make you cry as you discover my tantric secrets for happiness and how they apply to you. In the book, I begin with the tenth law, make love in the unknown, and then I work you all the way through laws one through nine to teach you how to be in the unknown, fresh every moment of every day of your life. Sex and happiness puts the innocence and love back into sex and gives Tantra the respect it deserves. It's only $19.99 in paperback and $14.99 ebook. Go to sexandhappiness.com to order your copy of Sex and Happiness by me, Laurie Handlers, the host of Tantra Cafe. Well, we're back with Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. Today we're talking about jealousy and jealousy as it relates to polyamory when people share their intimate partner with another and they feel good about it. They actually feel good about it or they feel they can work through anything. So my guests today are Sasha and Janet Kira Lesson, and that's what we're discussing. How did you guys get into polyamory to start with? Can you tell? Uh, yes, I started... Um 
I, I kind of was polyamorous all my life. As a child, I um, was in several relationships at the same time, like in my teen years. But I, I gave that up because I thought I, it wasn't appropriate, and I ended up getting monogamously married. So um, I, I've been through two marriages, and in both marriages, um, the first marriage, he cheated on me repeatedly. On the second marriage, I found that I had an affair. And so I had to really look at the nature of relationships in, in terms of myself and what I needed and what I wanted and, and what I was doing consciously and what I was doing subconsciously and acting out. So I, I picked up the books on uh, polyamory again. It um, originally wasn't called polyamory. It was called uh, Swinging and Open Marriage or didn't even have a name when I was a teenager. It was just what it was like. Um, it, I, was, I was raised during the 60s and 70s, so it was kind of like the hippie movement. And uh, I, I found that there were groups that were forming. This was 1991. Uh, the Internet was just starting up in mainly in um, university level. And I started connecting with other people of like mind. I moved to Oahu. I um, co-founded PallyPaths, which was a play in the word PallyPaths, which was one of the first um, uh, groups where we would get together and just talk about the concepts, have a venue to meet people, and work through the issues. And so I finally met um, Sasha and, at the Poly Conference in 1997. And, uh, and it was an experiment, you know. I, well, who was I in relationship to my monogamous programming and the monogamous world around me? Was I really monogamous? Was I polyamorous? Was I a swinger? Was I this and that? So it was a, a self-discovery uh, process, and I definitely am polyamorous. And within polyamory, there's ways of different ways of doing it. You can still have like more of an open relationship. You can have polyfidelity. So. Um, that's where I am. Go ahead, sweetheart. Tell us your story. Okay. Thank well, you. That's great. Uh, I'm basically, I uh, it was part of the um, anti-war movement uh, during the Vietnam War, and after if we would do something uh, dangerous and exciting to try to stop the war, help deserters get out of the country or whatever, we would uh, uh, get into a big uh, uh, love celebration, uh, smoke some pacalolo uh, marijuana and, and make love. And then the HIV scare made everybody stop being so careless about just making love with everybody. That was a lot of fun, and we could feel great energy. And so we started having more intense relationships that lasted, and we worked out the dynamics of how to uh, love in groups and in different combinations and how to work through our emotional stuff because what we wanted to do is to keep that spiritual feeling that we felt when we were all trying to stop war, uh, and but we wanted to make it personal and ongoing, and so that's how the polyamory movement uh, came up. And I'm, I've been in Tantra for a really long time, and so I've been teaching people how to make love in groups in a way that really synergizes the energy of the groups and lets them uh, channel the energies uh, of uh, higher planes of existence together, and it's quite wonderful and amazing. Polyamory and uh, Tantra do indeed go together. You know, Sasha, Ed, thanks for just, I never thought of it like that. I mean, I went through the same period of time as you did in the anti-war movement and the being able to have lots of partners. And then when HIV hit, I mean, I feel bad for people who were growing up, you know, born after, yeah. let's say, 1980, when everything really hit the fan in terms of HIV and all the other yeah. things, because they just didn't have, they had no, they don't have any 
variety or any sense of what how much fun they can have. Everything is so serious. So it's, that, uh, that's why we started doing these polyamory conferences where people that are really want, interested in exploring, like we have one right now, uh, June 25th at, in California, Harbin Hot Springs, where people come together and they say what they want and they meet another 80 or 100 people that are uh, in, open to that same kind of a thing. And you take the time because that's what we developed, the whole technology of um, who have you been contacting with? What's your health status? Before we get into sex, let's go in and get checked out together. Uh, we have these uh, uh, tests that we uh, give, all kinds of stuff where we get to know each other and care about each other and know we want to get involved. And so then it's even better than this than it was uh, when we just were all working for the same political uh, goals. This is like people who we share entire lives with. We are trying to enhance their lives and serve them and we feel them serving us and at the same time we want to be a model for the society for people uh, you don't you, you can choose the relationship that's right for you at any time in your life just ex just express yourself honestly that's candor and do no harm ahimsa and you'll have polyamory and tantra as options for everybody instead of what was that term what was that ahimsa i heard that before what was that? Harmlessness. The way we practice polyamory, we make sure before, let's say we're interested in another uh, couple. Well, we won't even approach them until we talk to each other about it and decide we'll do that. And then we find out who they're involved with. And we find out if all the people, it has to be okay with all the people with whom they are uh, sexually involved, that they relate to us because we don't want uh, anyone unknowing uh, being harmed uh, because we are the opposite of uh, secrecy. We want all this to be out in the open. The truth sets everybody free and lets them make more rational choices. And so we, we choose not to relate to people if relating to them would cause other people harm. That's very... So, it, this, so you're, what you're talking about is this process could take a really long time. Getting to know potential partners could take a really long time if, if they're yeah. not... It the definitely other people takes a long time, and we intensify it, like in this community that we have. It's a, a three-day intensive immersion where we just stay together. You can do the hours you spend and how well, because we have this all structured to teach people how to handle jealousy, how to uh, take care of themselves, how to express themselves and get and uh, uh, reparent themselves and each other. And so we teach all this stuff, and... People will know each other more in those three days than, than people that have uh, known each other their whole lives. It's just quite amazing when we work at this intensively. But uh, it, what's the hurry? Take your time. Know somebody. Make sure they're not uh, alcoholic or criminal, and you know, and, uh, and uh, that they don't have uh, other people that'll uh, in, in laws or kids that'll ruin your life. You gotta know that stuff. Yeah, yeah, you want to make sure it's a match. Uh, you've got more than two people, so you have these multiple personalities that you're dealing with, and you want to make sure that everybody's going to get along. So it does take a little bit more time. It is more complicated, and yet it's so rich when you make it happen. Lifelong yeah. friends. Lifelong friends uh, that you can share intimacy and um, sexuality, and then you can co-parent. There's all kinds of things you can do together. What happens if one of you wants to break up? with one or two of these people, like you've lost your interest in them or you're just not feeling that spark for them and the other one of you still feels like you, that's a turn-on for you. How, how, do, how do you manage that? It, it's 
uh, it's easy to flow within polyamory. It, it's not like the old one, the old style monogamy where you have to tell you disconnect with somebody else. In polyamory, you can transition and change the, the structure of your relationship and still have each other in your lives. So, I mean, that happens in monogamy. We counsel, we're, we're relationship counselors. We get a lot of monogamous people, and they're together, you know, 30 years, and they don't have a spark for each other, but they feel shame or, or they're so uh, enmeshed with each other they can't divorce or they don't feel comfortable until they're really kind of in a, in a prison sentence. In polyamory, you can still get your needs met, and you can be joyous as the partner getting their needs, and it may not be that you're sexual with each other anymore, or maybe you just cuddle, or maybe you, uh, you know, take the kids to a soccer game together, and, but you still get your needs met, and you can still be a sexy person without denying your sexuality because you've committed yourself to monogamy and, and basically celibacy if the monogamous connection dissolves and you don't have that juice anymore. It, it, yeah, basically, everybody has to be true to themselves. And to really ask, the, and, and uh, partly of being true to a self, um, if you love someone else, then their welfare becomes part of what you automatically consider uh, because that's taking care of yourself. <laughs> and right. so it really works. The bigger your consciousness is, uh, the easier it is to operate in this kind of a, of a field. And we, we really, uh, uh, we love... <laughs> being polyamorous it, it gives such a richness to our lives yeah it sounds it you sound amazing uh you sound amazingly amazingly positive in a in a world that's uh not so positive so we're going to just we're going to stop there for a moment and uh just let people know if you've just tuned in you're listening to tantra cafe this is laurie handlers your host and i'm speaking today with janet kira lesson and sasha lesson who have founded the World Polyamory Association, and we're talking about handling jealousy and handling other kinds of situations that come up, as well as really being true to yourself and being able to have your own sexuality and your turn on and your joy in a in a, what seems like a non-limiting environment. So we'll come right back, and we'll be hearing more from them about distinguishing between polyamory and swinging, maybe and talking about how you really go about finding potential lovers. Those are some questions you're probably asking yourself, so stay tuned. Are you stuck in an area of your life? For example, having challenging or negative relationships? Are you feeling unfulfilled? Perhaps you're experiencing a lack of energy or possibly even tension in your body. I feel you need to call Kate Holt. Kate Holt is a core energetics practitioner whether you work with Kate in a group or in a private session, you'll feel like you're coming home to yourself. You'll become more comfortable in your own skin. You'll discover your unique gifts and be supported to bring them fully into the world. You'll be empowered to create the life you want and have more pleasure and fulfillment. Don't waste another minute feeling stuck. Really. Call 856-261-4900 for a consultation. Or... Visit www.kateholt.info. That's kateholt.info. Hi, this is Laurie Handlers, and we're back with Tantra Cafe. Thanks for listening and tuning in today. I want to just let you know that if you're interested in the International School of Temple Arts, which holds conferences and trainings worldwide, 
and forms a consortium of practitioners and educators who cooperate and then benefit from expanding the network of sex educators across the world, across cultures, across mores and history. Please get in touch with the School of Temple Arts at schooloftemplearts.com. That's the schooloftemplearts.com. Also, I want to remind you that if you're stuck in your life, you probably want to give Kate Holt a call. Kate is somebody who can help you. She's a core energetics practitioner, and she can help you get over lack of energy or tensions in your body or places where you're just stuck. You can visit Kate at kateholt.info or call 856-261-4900. That's 856-261-4900. I hope that you call Kate about any of these stuck situations. We're back with Sasha Lesson and Janet Kira Lesson, who are telling us about how much they love having a polyamory lifestyle. So my question for you is, how is this different from swinging? Because it definitely is different from what you're saying. There seems to be love involved here. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, there are people who swear by swinging, and I don't know too many of them, but I have met some in my life. How is this different from polyamory or polyamory different from swinging? And also, how is it, how is it, how does Tantra fit in, if you don't mind? Okay, first of all, um, swinging tends to be more episodic. Uh, it tends to be mainly related uh, in the sexual chakra. And um, polyamory is about relationships. So, the, and so it's more all chakra and at least, uh, very least, it incorporates the heart into it. Um, swingers tend to have a, 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 a fear of emotional intimacy with somebody outside of their primary partner, and um, polyamorous people seek emotional intimacy with more than one person. Uh, Tantra works very well with polyamory because uh, we're learning to relate to each other on all chakra levels. Um, there may be somebody that uh, is so into their head and you're not getting your other needs met by being in a relationship with them, so you can have more than one person to weave your energies with that uh, you'll get all your energetic uh, needs met. Go ahead, sweetheart. You have something oh, to say? Yeah, no, that's fine. Go ahead. It's your turn. Uh, yeah, basic, basically, in polyamory, we strive for all chakra uh, relationships, just like Janet uh, was, was saying, and so that we we insist on caring about the person's health and about their uh, vulnerability and, and that sort of thing. That's first chakra. That's part of a relationship. The second is sexual. We make sure that all of our women can have ejaculatory orgasms and all the men uh, can uh, totally control uh, their ejaculation and uh, not ejaculate when they don't want to and uh, teach all kinds of rituals. We teach both uh, men and women to deal with their inner children in as much as they examine their parents' uh, programs for them and uh, what they imprinted, and they choose uh, to free themselves of the patterns that no longer serve them. And we analyze their bonding patterns, which is uh, how uh, they can stay sweet and connected in their vulnerability. Uh, and so for the power chakra, that's the, the third one up, we, uh, we, want to, we really look at... Uh, each person being either an, an initiator sometimes and a follower sometimes and to not be hung up and to make sure that each person asserts their proper boundaries, whatever they are at the time, 
and uh, can uh, take what's rightfully theirs in life. In terms of love, we, that's, that's where polyamory is really big, giving and getting love. Each person has to uh, really feel loved. In communication, we, uh, we feel uh, that being able to talk honestly, to express ourselves, to make sure we're heard and empathized with, and that our requests are honored are there. We start out as being sort of like surrogate parents for each other, and then we develop in ourselves internal parents so that more and more uh, our group just becomes a place in which to play. And for visions, we share visions. This is one of the big things about tantric uh, sex in a polyamorous group. You start getting group visions of what the world can be, and you open your crown chakras and feel your oneness. You've transcended your separate self-sense not just to one person, but to a group of people and not being bound by your human bodies anymore in that particular room where you're making love. You can touch everything and everyone by the cords of love that run through it all, and that's what we do in tantric polyamory. It sounds like you just... uh, It sounds like an amazing um, choreography, if you will, and also it sounds like you just actually described your book that you co-authored, the All Chakra Tantra. You, uh, uh, yeah, that's in there for sure. I mean, I just might as well give you that plug because um, that's it's that sounds like the outline for the book. Um, <laughs> yes, that's pretty close. <laughs> can people, uh, you said it's just published, so just because we're on the, this notion at the moment, how can people get a copy of this uh, All Chakra Tantra? It's on Amazon.com, and it's going to eventually get out to all the different uh, Barnes and Nobles. Um, but uh, it started with Amazon.com, and then it takes a couple months for it to distribute to the other websites. And uh, I'm pretty sure you can order it in your bookstore as well if you want to get one um, that way. So okay, great. And then also, the how do people get Amazon. in touch with you? We might as well give them your website now too, since we're we're mentioning that. Oh, the website, uh, we have a couple websites. We have um, schooloftantra.com and worldpolyamoryassociation.com, spelled out. they got W's in front of them. Yeah, and polyamory <laughs> is P-O-L-Y-A-M-O-R-Y. So it's worldpolyamoryassociation.com. So this sounds, uh, this all sounds good. I... What I, I, you know, I have some other, I think, tough questions for you. Um, How you, uh, how do you really, if you're not at a conference that you've organized, uh, like in the beginning, you weren't probably having these conferences. I, I remember reading something that Janet wrote once in one of your newsletters about, um, being with another lover together, the three, like three of you. Not necessarily four of you, but three of you, the two of you and another man. It was a very hot description. It was quite a few years ago, and I thought, wow. Um, how did you, before you were doing these conferences uh, and the Internet was so popular, how did you go about finding someone else or some two else that you thought you wanted to be with or wanted to be with you? I mean, did you make any terrible faux pas in your search? Um, I would say we did, but I can't recall them right now, but I'll stick with how do we meet people. There are tons of meetup groups and local poly support groups. There's just about 
one in every major city in uh, in North America and throughout Europe. They're starting to expand. I was uh, one of the co-organizers, one of the first ones in Honolulu in 1993, and they're just they've taken off. You can go on to um, Google and Yahoo and just search polyamory under groups, and there's all these groups. There's Ning groups. There's websites. There are so many ways to network and find Facebook. Uh, basically, if you put keyword the keyword polyamory or polyamorous or polyfidelity, you'll find people that way. There are polyamory subcategories on the major um, dating sites. Uh, they're springing up. Uh, Plenty of fish. Uh, there's a couple others. I'm not. I'm not. I don't even have to go onto the dating sites anymore because people just come to me because we personally are so well-known in the movement, but there are just um, tons of ways of meeting people, and the poly conferences are a lot of fun if you can, you know, get there. That's a way to accelerate the process. And that's, again, that's in June what? And it's I know it's at Harbin Hot Springs, but when is it June what? June 25th to the 27th in just a couple of weeks. Uh, we're getting close to full capacity, so if anybody wants to uh, join us, uh, please contact me. If you don't mind, I'll give my number, 808-244-4921. That's in Hawaii. Yeah, it's going to be wonderful. Deborah Annapol, who wrote Love Without Limits, Moses Moss, Serena Anderlini, Fred Burks are all giving these incredible uh, experiences. Evelina Rose is leading us in Apuja, and there's celebrations, and it's such a trip. We eat together and have an incredibly intense time. It's like a real family experiencing a poly community for uh, that's uh, that's living tantra together for a weekend. Sounds amazing. Really sounds amazing. I hope some people will take you up on it and give a call and decide to go or at least get one of your books, Polyamory Many Loves or the Poly Tantric Love Style. Um, there's obviously a lot to explore in this subject. We're going to break here for a moment, and when we come back, I'm going to ask you about some of the downsides because um, you're you're so elated, and I don't want to bum you out, but I know there are some challenges that must be faced with this kind of lifestyle. So that's the kind of things I'm going to ask you about when we come back. If you just tune in, I'm, I'm talking with Sasha and Janet Kira Lesson, who are uh, founders of World Polyamory Association and the World Tantra Association. And um, they're both professors, and they are very, very knowledgeable and experienced in a different kind of lifestyle. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Many times on Tantra Cafe, you've heard my guests and me discuss emotional release techniques. Now you can do emotional release work in the privacy of your own home. In my CD, Shamanic Release in Latihan, I create a very, very safe and sacred space in which you can do the powerful work I'm known for in my Tantra courses. First, I set you up with the proper positioning and breathing, and then I guide you through emotional states to the beat of tribal African rhythms. Try this CD as an easy way to do your personal clearing work on a regular basis and watch your relationships walk free from emotional baggage. You can order my CD at butterflyworkshops.com for only $20. 
I believe you're worth it. I hope you do. Go to ButterflyWorkshops.com and get your copy now. And walk free from emotional baggage. Welcome back to Tantra Cafe. I'm Laurie Handlers, your host. My guests today are Sasha and Janet Kira Lesson, who are talking to us about polyamory. We started out talking, of course, about jealousy. And um, I, I just want to mention one quick thing here before we hear about some of the downsides of uh, polyamory, like some of the personal things or legal things that could be challenging. I just wanted to remind you all that I'll be taking people to the heart of India on tour this November, November 22nd to December 3rd. You'll be able to not only see the Taj Mahal, but you'll see the Kama Sutra temples of Kajuraho. You'll be seeing prayers on the Ganges. And most of all, why I bring people to India and take them on this heart of India tour is because it's the easiest way for Westerners to learn the whole notion of surrender. Because really, nothing goes the way we want it in India. India is just too big and too intense and too everything. Uh, so it's a great, it's a great, uh, experience in other culture and in seeing some of the world's most amazing sights. So get in touch with me, Laurie, at Tantra Cafe, if you'd like to have more information about the Heart of India tour this November, November 22nd to December 3rd. So we're back in I want to ask you, Sasha and Janet, about uh, some potential, I don't know what to call them. I don't really want to call them downsides, but I know they're challenging. Like you've had an experience where you wanted to possibly marry somebody else. The two of you wanted to marry someone else or some two else. Um, what, what, what happened there and, and how were you stopped? Well, the, the, uh, when you're already married, you can't uh, marry somebody else in the law uh, because that's they, 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 uh, bigamy, and so uh, that wasn't even a possibility. And uh, just just we noticed that, uh, and uh, that we uh, wanted a commitment that would you know if if we're sick that we can visit each other in the hospital, all the things that people in a civil union uh, can have that in uh, many states now same-sex people can have, and, and we, uh, as polys, wanted the same thing uh, with uh, our third, and uh, we realized we couldn't that, that we couldn't have that. So that was that's that's a legal uh, aspect of it. But as our relationship developed further with this person, it just so happened that, much to our shock, because we remember we believe in uh, candor and ahimsa. Telling the truth and not doing any harm, and that if a person's involved with somebody else, uh, we check out with that person if it's okay. And so we had, we were, you know, we wanted to marry this person. And one day, uh, well, Janet will tell you what happened. Well, we we basically to summarize it, so he had been uh, lying to us, and he had a secret uh, lover, and they were pretty much married. They weren't legally married, but uh, she had taken his last name. And so, you know, you can be as careful as you think, and, and you still can be caught blindsided. And I have to say, though, that, that a lot of monogamous people think that their life is the way it is, and then they have these surprises. So that's part of the downside. Uh, another downside is the potential of, um, you know, people with children. There's There might be some problems with the children with the... Uh, 
those who think that polyamory oh, is yeah. not an appropriate lifestyle and they'll try to regulate or take your, even take your children away. So that's why a lot of polyamorous people are living in their lives in secrecy. They're not able to be authentic and come out with what's really going on for them. And it's kind of sad that people can't be who they really are in, in this uh, day and age. Or, or get fired from their jobs or not get contracts because people disapprove of their lifestyle. So we're going through the same struggle that, that the, the gay and lesbian movement had for many years and still is going through uh, about acceptance and tolerance and, and allow to be at relationship choice and, and orient, orientation choice because a lot of polyamorous people are, um, you know, uh, bisexual or they might be gay or lesbian as well. So there's a real problem here, I think, in our society about acceptance and tolerance and I I hope uh, in another 10 years we have a different world. Well, you know, I've seen some programs on television and on YouTube, and I also I know some people that raised um, their children with two fathers and uh-huh. one mother, and they did a very successful job, and their kids just went to school and said they had two dads. I mean, they just oh, did it. Beautiful, yeah. But I know that that's probably the exception rather than the rule. Um, it's really useful to have um, uh, more than uh, one or two parent uh, figures because then uh, uh, the, the, it's way, way better than the ch- parents don't get frazzled by having all their time eaten up by a little one and other people like grandparents, people like me, have kids I can play with uh, some of the time and, and uh, you share the responsibility. What a child knows is, is he or she loved and, and happy or not. It doesn't matter what sex the people are or you know, any of that other stuff. Is is this kid feeling loved and supported? Do you currently live with other people? Uh, I know you live in Hawaii. Do you? Do, I don't know which island, but um, Maui. Do you, Maui. Do you currently live with other people? We have a small community here, and uh, and we are seeking a. Um, and the people here aren't necessarily polyamorous, uh, and we're not involved with them. We did have our one. We've we've had people live here uh, that we were intimately involved with in polyamorous relationships, and and so it's it's been a, a an influx of people coming and going in, in our lives, and and it's it's another book in the work. <laughs> That's all I can say. But um, we are definitely uh, a poly-friendly community, and uh, we are uh, looking for people that really want to live in a self-sustaining tantric uh, polyamorous community. Where you know part of being here means that uh, you go through a training in tantra, which is our spiritual path, and uh, a consequence of really being tuned into tantra is almost always that you come to choice in relationships. And so, for um, many of our initiates. That means becoming polyamorous, and we're in the uh, we're actively looking for people right now that have uh, lumber, electricity, and plumbing uh, skills, as well as love gardening in in tropical paradise. Wow, that's some offer. So they should yeah, reach- and we're also moving forward with the uh, National uh, Temple of Tantra. We um, had formed a five hundred three five hundred one c three. A few years back, and so there's great interest in creating these temples. So we're going to be turning our uh, place into a tantric temple, an ashram, an intentional community. And um, there, we've have inquiries from all over the country: Boston and Portland and Phoenix, Sedona. People wanting to um, 
and, and it, so it just seems to go hand in hand. A lot of a lot of polyamorous people, since they are both high spiritual paths, polyamory and tantra do go hand in hand. It doesn't mean that uh, just because you're tantric, you're polyamorous, but they complement one another. So that's happening, we notice. And so th this is probably going to be something you'll see, a trend over the next couple of years that's expanding and growing um, as part of the consciousness movement. Well, I've had, uh, just so you know, I've had, uh, I had Tracy Elise as my guest on the show, and she's the founder and proprietor of... Uh, the Temple of One here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I've certainly had Baba Des Nichols on my show a number of times, and that's what I was talking about before uh, when I gave a little plug for uh, the International School of Temple Arts, and he's busy trying to connect all of us, uh, yeah. all sex educators around the world, so that we can have a, a network of temples and schools and places where people can teach all this wonderful healing stuff. So uh, so it's good to know that you're forming that as well on Maui. Yes, we have Tracy Lee's visiting with She's us right with now. Us. She's helping us put together the manuals and the uh, ordination process and uh, work with the lawyers. Because uh, a lot of these temples are having uh, difficulties with local zoning and uh, regulations. But basically, uh, it's... Um, it's religious freedom. We're allowed to worship in our own homes, and we're allowed to set up these temples. So we're well, dealing yeah. with those type of things and um, helping those people that are wanting to go that way. So if you know, they're, they have them contact us because Tracy and um, and we are working with Des Baba Des, and uh, we're collaborating our efforts and. Anybody else that's out there that wants to, you know, come on board and, and uh, maybe set up their own temple, we'd love to hear from them. Yeah, I'm going to let them know how to reach you again. It's a, You have an 808 area code, and what's the rest of the number? So 808-244-4103 is our office number. Um, you can also call me on my cell, 808-214-3442. Keep in mind, we're in Hawaii, but we are traveling to California at the end of this month, and we'll be there for a couple weeks. And if anybody wants to meet up with us, we'll be in the Bay Area for about a week there, and we'd love to meet with people. I love that you say keep in mind that we're in Hawaii because uh, I, I and I'm going to let people know that we're saying that because if somebody calls you from New York, there's a six-hour difference in calling you. <laughs> calling you at nine in the morning is calling you in the middle of the night, and it doesn't feel so good, even though you want people to call you to get in touch. So what's yes. the, uh, what's the, the, you know, if we were to take something away from this, I mean, we, we, we've spent our time talking about how we could resolve jealousy, how we could resolve the needs of the inner child that didn't get enough love or didn't feel secure or felt competed with or whatever, all these, uh, all these, uh, psychological, uh, patternings that can happen to us. In, in early childhood, we've talked about how we, how polyamory can make that stuff come up and then in the proper environment, trained and set up by you, people can start to feel whole and secure and get their needs met in different ways by different people and they can have it all, what you said, your cake and eat it too. So to sum up, if somebody was totally new to this, like they, this is the first time they ever heard the word polyamory. 
And the first time they ever heard anyone actually speaking about it that said it was successful. Because, by the way, the first thing I ever heard about polyamory was somebody called it polyagony. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So if this was the first moment that someone was hearing about it, like, what's the first thing they should do? Should they get your book or should they call you up? Like, what should uh, they do? Well, calling us up or getting a book is a, is a really good thing. Or to really experiment with it is you get your, your, let's say you're, uh, you get your best friend, uh, and let's say you're in a relationship and you get your best friend and you say, I want to try an experiment. Uh, husband or wife, would you kiss so and so and let me see how I feel seeing that? And that's just a, a way to actually start to see whether, to what degree you, both the compersion, enjoying your friends kissing each other, uh, or the jealousy, comes up, and if the jealousy comes up, you really get to explore uh, what is uh, the the feeling. Am I putting myself down? It seems that I've lost my guest, so I'm just going to talk a little bit more about this subject, and we'll wrap it up. So what we found out from this show, actually, is that you can experiment. You can experiment with having somebody... And a friend of yours, your partner, and a friend of yours kiss, and you can actually start to, in a controlled and safe environment, start to find out how your how you respond, how you react, what you're going to do in a situation where uh, where jealousy would normally come up. And my guests today were amazing: Sasha Lesson and Janet Kira Lesson. They're both professors in tantric studies. Uh, and other things, race relations. Sasha's an advanced voice dialogue facilitator, which is a whole other thing that's amazing for um, personal growth. And um, you can buy any one of their books on Amazon.com. You can try Polyamory, Many Loves, or The Polytantric Love Style, or the All Chakra Tantra book. You can find those on on Amazon.com. You can go to worldpolyamoryassociation.com to find them, and uh, you can call them at 808-244-4103. That's 808-244-4103. So I want to remind you that next week I'll be having another amazing guest sharing expertise in Tantra and relating. Please tune in for my show next week. It's just wonderful to have you. Uh, it's, it is, it's wonderful. And remember to call me or write to me about the Heart of India tour, November 22nd to December 3rd. You can also get my book, Sex and Happiness, The Tantric Laws of Intimacy, or my CD, Shamanic Release and Lottie Han. This is Laurie Handlers signing off for Tantra Cafe. Namaste from Tantra Cafe. I bow to the divine in you forever. See you next week.